0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: WXGI Richmond, WTPS, Petersburg, 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
0: Welcome to the following presentation from Learfield IMG College, and thanks for listening to University of Richmond Athletics.
1: It's time to talk University of Richmond basketball. This is Spider Talk with head basketball coach Chris Mooney, live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center, 10466 Ridgefield Parkway in the West End. Tonight's show is brought to you by CarMax, virginia birth father registry
0: glory days grill
1: and Lux chevrolet spider talk is on the air join in online by text at 804-638-9508 by email spider at richmond.edu or on twitter using at espn richmond or at spider voice
2: Gilliard guarded by jasper picks up the dribble goes to francis pushes it right to gustas and touches it back to francis Down the lane to Caressi, back out to Gustafson. Line drive, three, swish by the Goose. He was waiting on that one, Bob.
3: He looked it, set his feet, knocked it down. He's playing with a lot more confidence.
1: Now live, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, and head coach, Chris Mooney. This is Spider Talk on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. And the Spiders Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.
2: Well, I guess it was the spider talk good karma for Andre Gustafson. He was our guest here last week, and he poured in 10 points, one of four spiders in double figures in Saturday's game against Charleston. So no jinx at spider talk just good karma for our player guests as goose was one of four in double figures in the spiders win over charleston 78 71 at the robin center saturday and that's how we tip off what is our last edition of spider talk for calendar year 2019 several of you have asked about that we are on our holiday hiatus the next two mondays so we are not here the next two mondays we'll be back once we get into atlantic 10 conference play on monday january 6th is our next scheduled show so let's get that out of the way to begin with tonight uh this will be our last show of 2019 off the next two mondays and then back monday january 6th at our regular time of 5:30. 30. Uh, our special guests coming up tonight are a couple of members of the spiders basketball staff and we're thrilled to have them with us tonight steve thomas spider assistant coach who actually had the scout For Charleston, will be one of our guests and then Director of Basketball Operations and former Spider, Mark McGonigal, will be joining him tonight. And not only are we excited about having them for this evening's show, but the reasoning behind it tonight is the Spiders are actually practicing tonight. Final exams are wrapping up today and tomorrow, so some of the guys had exams during the day today, so the Spiders couldn't find any other time to practice other than about 7 o'clock tonight. So the guys are having their dinner, they're getting taped, they're stretching, they're getting ready for practice at 7 tonight. So that's why we don't have any player guests tonight. A couple of the coaches and staff members will be joining Coach Mooney with me Here this evening. So we're thrilled to have Steve and Mark coming on with us. Uh, I know Steve has been here before. I think Mark has been here before as well. So we're looking forward to having them as well. And we're looking forward to having Coach Mooney. I know a lot of you are looking up here going, Where is Coach Mooney? But he is on his way and he will be here shortly as well. As we said, the schedule is a little off kilter because of the final exams right now, and the Spiders practicing tonight at the Robin Center at 7 o'clock and preparing for their two games this week. Let me give you a little info on those two games, because the Spiders are on the road for both of them. It's been a great schedule to start the season for Richmond with the seven home games, but now uh, three straight away from the Robin Center and two this week. Wednesday night at Old Dominion is a 7 o'clock game. Our airtime here on ESPN Richmond is at 630 The game will be streamed nationally on the Watch ESPN, ESPN3, which is available. If you're a cable subscriber and you get ESPN, you can get that game digitally on video. If you're in the greater Richmond area, you can get it on WTVR 6.3. That means on Comcast Channel 206 and Verizon Fios Channel 466. And hopefully you're making the trip down to Norfolk, as many of you are. I've already mentioned that. We'll be looking for you at Old Dominion on Wednesday night. I think tickets are about 15 bucks if you're heading down there to the game, but that's how you can view it, and that's how you can hear it. And then several of you have asked about Sunday against Radford. That's a 3:30 game. Up in D.C. as the Spiders did last year with High Point. They're doing this year with Radford. That game will be played at the Entertainment and Sports Arena. That's in the Congress Heights section of our nation's capital. If you're not going, the live video streaming is on Flow Sports, Flow Hoops, on Sunday afternoon. Some of you, many of you, I hope, are familiar with that from our football team in the CAA where our games were streamed on Flow Football and Flow Sports. If you already have a subscription to flow sports you should be able to get the game on sunday if you still have that subscription active and again we will broadcast the game beginning at three o'clock it is a double header you would get admission to both games obviously william and mary is the first game against st francis at one o'clock and then richmond and radford play at three thirty. so that pretty much gets you set for the week ahead for the Spiders, and then after the Christmas break, Richmond is in Alabama, and uh, we'll talk more about that as the evening progresses. That's between Christmas and New Year's, and then after that, it's the start of conference play for the Spiders. All right, so that's what's coming up as far as our Spider Talk show is concerned, and also as far as the games are coming up this week for Richmond as well. Tell you what, let's take an early break. We'll step aside. We'll wait for Coach Moody to get here. He's on his way. Plus, again, our special guests are assistant coach Steve Thomas and Director of Basketball Operations Mark McGonigal. Got several questions already from the audience here at Glory Days. If you've got them, feel free to bring them up to me. We'll be glad to ask them of the crew once they get here. And you heard the ways you can also interact if you're listening to the program tonight as well. We will take your texts at uh, 638-9508. Uh, we will take them via email at spidertalk at richmond.edu and via Twitter at spider voice and at spider basketball as well. So let's take an early break. We'll come back and get you going. We're here till 630 tonight. If you're in the area, come on by and join us. We have another large crowd in the house with us this evening and then again off the next two weeks and back Monday, January 6th. Spider Talk on 99.5, 1027 FM, 950 AM ESPN and the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.
4: For all things Spiders, whether you're online, on your phone, or just on the go, it's richmondspiders.com. Scores, stats, standings, it's richmondspiders.com. Video highlights, audio play-by-play, and online ticketing for football and men's basketball, it's richmondspiders.com. Plus, exclusive content you won't get anywhere else, like the Spider Insight Podcast, Spider Voices, and game day info for Robin Stadium and the Robin Center. It's your home for your favorite team. It's richmondspiders.com. Buy your next SUV from Luck. Did you know that there are six different SUVs to choose from at Luck Chevrolet? From the economical tracks to the people-hauling suburban, Luck has an SUV to fit your needs, including the return of the all-new Blazer with six different trim levels for true personalization. See all the models online at luckchevrolet.com. Call 798-9261 for details, then go to Luck Chevrolet for a test drive. Lux Chevrolet since 1916.
3: Backed by popular demand, a Charlie Brown Christmas live on stage is a present the whole family will enjoy. Join Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, Lucy, and the whole Peanuts gang as they come to life in this uplifting celebration of a beloved holiday classic. There'll be lots of fun, laughter, music, and much more in this can't-miss stage production that teaches the true meaning of Christmas. December 19th, VSU Multipurpose Center. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. A Charlie Brown Christmas live on stage.
5: This holiday season, you can change the life of a child in Central Virginia. Support the Conexus for Children's Vision Gift of Light campaign and help ensure that poor vision is not a barrier to a child's success. Visit connexusvision.org today.
1: The personal injury law firm of Allen & Allen will be awarding $15,000 scholarships to high school seniors in 2020. To learn more, visit allenandallen.com backslash scholarship. Allen & Allen, supporting our community.
4: Weekday, you're never more than 30
2: minutes from a Richmond Sports Center update. Stay updated, Stay updated. here, 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
1: The timeout's over. Time to talk more Richmond basketball. This is Spider Talk with Coach Chris Mooney from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center and live on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. This is the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.
2: 19 on the shot clock as Richmond inbounds. Francis with 18 points from midcourt guarded by Rillard. High post to Golden. Faith has left to Francis. Francis dribbles into the open floor. Gilliard with five on the shot clock. Top of the key, Golden fadeaway. Three! Grant Golden's first three-pointer of the season. Couldn't have come at a bigger moment. <laughs>
1: he and Miller are having some fun.
2: Always fun when you're winning, and Grant Golden helped the Spiders to that victory over Charleston Saturday. Seventeen points, seven rebounds, and yes, a very timely first three pointer made of the season for Grant Golden. I right, coach Moody has joined us here at our head table as we get the show rolling on this Monday night with you until six thirty. And as we said, a couple guys from the Spider staff, Steve Thomas and Mark McGonigal, will join us in just a moment. Good evening, Coach. Good
6: evening, Bob. Sorry, sorry I was late, everybody. Apologize.
2: How about now? I'm sorry, I was late. I apologize. <laughs> All right, there we go. Um, so the big news isn't that the spiders beat Charleston. The big news isn't that we're 22 in the net rankings. The big news isn't that we've won four in a row. The big news to you is that final exams are over for your guys. Isn't yes. It? <laughs> yeah, that is
6: great. So tonight is uh, the, la- the last um, things were handed in this afternoon, and uh, we had uh, we had a, a lot of guys had a test this morning uh, at the nine to twelve block, and everything's been handed in. We hope we think and uh and finals are over for the semester so that's that's uh, very positive
2: so for the next three plus weeks they're just strictly basketball players that's a fun part of the year isn't that it?
6: really is yeah you know um obviously there's there we travel because of that and and as we start conference play and whatnot but it is it is nice to to be here and to be working on basketball we do a lot of group kind of group workouts or, or individual workouts in the morning and practices in the afternoon so it, that is a good time we get to spend a lot of quality time together
2: All right, let's talk about that Charleston game. Let's go in order of those things that I mentioned were headline material for the Spiders, and let's start with the seven-point win over Charleston. Really an entertaining game, hard-fought game, kind of a different style of game than the Spiders have played for most of the contest this year. Chris, what were you seeing as that game unfolded, and then what were the things that kind of led to Spider victory from the the head coach's eyes?
6: So I thought... You know, we started out really slowly. I think we had four turnovers in the first, in the first four minutes or so, which is unusual for us. We finished the game with only ten. but uh, So that's something that we need to make sure that we work on uh, and improve upon. And I, I thought that um, Grant Riller is a great player. He's number one on Charleston. Really, really a great player. Really difficult to guard in a ball screen. Uh, kind of has a finish at the rim, a pull-up, a runner. Um, you know, really puts a lot of pressure on the defense uh, but I did think what was critical for us is we really kept scoring uh, so our defense is you know vastly improved but we, we kept scoring to continue to put the pressure on them I don't think it ever got to I don't think it ever got to less than five um, and so you know even when they would score and he, you know we found Miller you know we were really staying what we call staying with the dribbler for a long time off the ball screen because he was so effective and he would throw it back, and uh, the kid Miller hit three threes. Um, even when they were scoring, we were scoring, and it continued to put pressure and, and, and gave us a little bit of, of, uh, of safety there.
2: Um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Normally we save the questions from the audience for later in the show, but this applies to what you were just talking about because Riller did finish with 21, and Galloway, their other guard, yeah. had 22. So between the two guards, they had 43 of their 71 points. Question from the audience that came up and asked me before we went on the air, did you ever give any thought to changing defense entirely, not just who yeah. was guarding them, but to you know go back to the matchup or a zone or anything yeah. other than what we were playing defensively?
6: Well, we did we talked a couple of times about possibly jumping into a zone um you know you know one thing that's that that is done it, it's hard to, to for me to think they're making threes let's go to a zone that's always you know and that's always the part and i'm not saying it's not people do it because uh, it's a different rhythm and it, it, it changes things to a certain degree uh what we did do is we probably changed how we guarded the ball screen probably five you know we probably guarded it four or five different ways which in the end did help us and um you know uh to the at the very end we were all out switching you know when we knew they kind of needed threes but before that in terms of how how hard we were hedging how long we were staying with the ball how we were rotating to the shooter uh we did all those things and you know did enough but he put so much pressure on you because he doesn't need any time to uh change his speed and to accelerate at a really fast level you know uh, on some of the games we were scouting the announcers were saying he's might be the best uh, ball screen point guard in the country or ball screen guard in the country and he certainly showed that he just has a variety of ways you know a lot of guards who can you know snake or knife their way in there on a ball screen don't have the ability to finish like he does mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest thing that separates him uh, and then we talked about going under it because he hasn't shot threes as well this year, but they're setting it with their top foot on the three-point line. So going under it means you're, you're all the way at the foul line, and he, he can certainly make that shot. So more we changed the way we guarded it. Um, we we discussed going to, going to a possession or two of zone, but decided against it just because we thought we were doing enough things decently well. and that we would stay with it and, and keep trying to find a solution to the ball screen
2: and as you said offensively you kept pace or outpaced them and still shot 53 percent and still scored 78 points um, what does it say about the spider offense this time around that you put four guys in double figures score 78 points and two of them are not named jacob gilliard or nick sherrod
6: yeah that's a that's a that's really a good sign i mean uh you know you never know how how any game's going to turn out for each individual player or for how your team's going to play but you know, if you would have said we had seventy-eight, you would you would probably click those off as as uh, one, two, or three, and so that that really is a good sign. You know, I, I think that Grant uh, hasn't scored quite as much as he has in the past. The main reason but he hasn't gotten as many shots as he has in the past, and he's been such a facilitator, and he's been hurt. But in the first game of the year, you know, his first post post-touch, it was a double team. You know, and and I think Vanderbilt double teamed double teamed him, and that's based on what he's done last year. I think when he's guarded. In a one-on-one situation, he's really difficult to defend, and I think his scoring will will continue to consistently be high uh, as he, you know, as he plays more and is is away from the injury. What were you thinking when he triggered the three-pointer? Well, you know, Grant has made threes in, in his whole career and has shot uh, fewer this. Year. Again, he's played far fewer minutes this year, uh, cumulative minutes, because he's missed a couple of games uh, and he's played fewer minutes during the course of a game, which is which is great for us. Uh, but he's made threes and um, you know I, I felt like it was a really good part of the offense you know we had a cut uh, a cut that, that his man helped on he pops out he's open he made the shot so um, you know it happened to be at a really big time which he's made big ones in his in his career and uh, so I, I thought that was great and again you know I, I think um, the idea of a player having a green light or yellow light or red light on threes uh, you know that's not how we it's not that we subscribe to and we probably, when the players are younger, it hurts us a little bit because guys are trying to figure out, and we kind of allow them to figure that out. I think when they're older, they have a better, a really good sense of what's a good shot, what's a, what's, what shot's necessary at that time.
2: I was just disappointed he didn't bank-swish this one. Yeah, he, right. he had a LaSalle. He did that. Yes, yeah, exactly. He's done that previously. He just <laughs> flat-out swished yeah. this one. Um, Andre Gustafson's play again. Chris uh, really came to the forefront off of the bench, 23 minutes, 10 points, couple of steals, again, doing it offensively and defensively.
6: He was great. You know, he made uh, – we didn't shoot as well as we have been, and he made a couple of threes, which are, which are always big. Uh, and I've said, I think, you know, the worst way to measure Andre's contribution often is – how many points he scores, because he does so many things. I think he could play for anybody in the country. How, just how well he defends and moves and cuts, and you know he doesn't need the ball to be effective. Uh, and he had a couple of great cuts uh, in the second half, when you can get easy baskets like that. You know, Charleston's traditionally one of the best defensive teams in the country. When you get easy baskets like that against a really good defensive team, that's really helpful. So Andre is incredibly valuable and uh, playing really well.
2: There was a real anomaly in this game that Greg Beckwith and I were chuckling a little bit about, but as a coach, I'm interested in your perspective. I'm not sure I can remember the last time I've seen a a team that went the second half of its previous game without shooting a free throw and the first half of its next game without shooting a three throw. So you basically went an entire game without shooting a free throw, scored a plethora of points, and won both games
6: Mm. without free throws.
2: Yes, it's a leading hey, <laughs> question. Of course, it's a leading
6: question. So yeah, I would say the our, our offensive numbers are really uh, off off the charts, mm-hmm. and uh, that'd be the one. The, that be the one stat. Free throws attempted is the one stat that's well below uh, average. Uh, and I, I think you know part of that is one we we have we're a fluid team and a team that shoots threes, um, and you know a lot of our layups or, or plays at the rim have been open this year. So that that happens uh, and I think you know there were a couple of opportunities that we didn't necessarily get to the free- throw line that maybe we could have just if we were just a little bit more aggressive uh, on on uh, on Saturday but but yeah that is that is unusual and like I said you know we you know Jacob goes to the basket he avoids the defender you know and, and tries to score I, I think you know two guys who have come to mind who have played for us who gotten to the line where Cedric Lindsay and David Gonzalez, they really sought contact. We haven't had a lot of players like that, uh, and therefore I think that ref- is reflective of of how infrequently we've gotten to the line so far this year, and something we do need to work on. And um, you know, I, I, the best way we can address it is keep throwing the ball inside to Grant. And that's really the best way we can address it. Uh, And that's what we have to do.
2: Well, two points on that. Number one, and let me get to this first because this was a question from one of our fans, one of our newer fans, by the way, and we love having new fans. As we like to say, there's plenty of room on the bandwagon. Jump on board and be a part of it uh, with us with Spider Basketball. But in lieu of the fact that the whistles weren't coming as frequently as you would have liked, the question from one of our newer fans here tonight was how you're handling the dynamic with the officials when you get into situations like that to make sure that you do not get
6: a whistle on Chris Mooney yeah. as opposed to a whistle on a defensive player. So it's something I've really worked on. Yeah. It's something I've worked on uh, really hard. My son, Danny has a chart for me about, uh, there are a couple of categories, super mad, uh, mad, annoyed, and technicals. And, uh, and so I have some goals that I'm trying to meet there. Uh, <laughs> That I that I don't always meet, uh, and I'm I'm working hard at it. Uh, I, I will say Saturday was a, an excellent crew. Mike mm-hmm. Eads, who was one of the officials, worked the national championship game last year, um, so it was an excellent crew. And you know it's important for everybody to keep their poise, and that that starts with with the head coach. And I think a couple of times on on Saturday I, I wasn't quite good enough, uh, but you, you know it's it's a it's a fine line. You know you want to make sure that. You want to – you know, there are things you can say, hey, we need to look for this or, you know, can you watch for that without overdoing it with the officials.
2: Um, I feel like we've gotten veteran crews for the most part this year. I don't know if that's, you know, happenstance or or what, but it seems like every night we look up and at least one, if not two, are guys, to your point, that have either gone to Final Fours or have had
6: deep runs in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, for sure. We've really – you know, Brian Kersey is the director of officials, and uh, he does – You know, the ACC and the Atlantic 10 and the CAA. So that means he kind of can, uh, he can kind of schedule the officials. I think what he really tries to do is maybe Richmond one night, UVA the next night, Maryland the next night. And so. Uh, so he can really manipulate the schedules, and we've really had, he's an outstanding administrator, and we've really had good crews.
2: And then the other thing I've noticed on this is I think our guys are playing through the contact more now and not anticipating a whistle. That's not to say they're not getting upset that there's yeah. not a whistle blown, but they are fighting through that contact. I think some of that comes from the experience of this team, but it just seems like they are getting through the contact and just playing. Yeah.
6: That's true, and, and uh, I think experience is a big factor. We used to bring in uh, officials for practice, uh, especially in the fall. And what my really for about two years, my only uh, the only thing I would say to them is just call everything on TJ. <laughs> you know, TJ ha, ha, uh, was really uh-huh. passionate, uh-huh. emotional. So I would just say just just call every foul on TJ, no matter no matter if he's involved in the play or not, just to try to you know help him train himself to be calmer with the officials. And uh, he would go two weeks without having a foul called on him. I don't know how he would sweet-talk them or whatever it was, not even at practice would they whistle him for fouls. All right.
2: All right, so hopefully that answers that question, but another good question from the audience. Really appreciate that. Got a couple more that I'll save uh, for the end of the program. I'm going to take a break a little bit earlier in the top of the hour now so that Mark McGonigal and Steve Thomas can join us after the break and have some time to talk with both of them. They're coming up next as Spider Talk continues from Glory Days in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on ESPN Richmond and the Spider Sports Network. Do you suspect that a woman could be pregnant with your child right now? If you aren't married to the child's mother, your rights as a father could be at risk. By registering with the Virginia Birth Father Registry before or within 10 days of your child's birth, you can help prevent your future child from being adopted without your knowledge. Or you can explore options to co-parent or assume sole custody. For more information, visit VABirthFatherRegistry.com. That's VABirthFatherRegistry.com you know their names you know their uniform numbers you probably even know their stats now get to know them richmond student athletes tell their remarkable stories in their own words it's spider voices check it out at richmondspiders.com and on Spider's social media
4: night. you gotta feel it
1: Jacoby Brissett and the Colts, Drew Brees and the Saints. It's a battle in the Big Easy. Monday Night Football. Get it live on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
0: Guys, it has never been easier to get that perfect gift for her than right now at Diamonds Direct. Three years, zero interest financing on everything. Yep, on any purchase. You can spread your payments out over three years with zero interest. Like a $3,000 diamond pendant she can wear anywhere for just $85 a month. Diamonds Direct's got your back, guys. We have the gifts that women love, and we love last-minute shoppers. Get her that home-run gift that shows how much you love her. Details and store hours at DiamondsDirect.com.
3: Splurging on her this Christmas is easy at Diamonds Direct, because now for a limited time, you can spread your payments over three years with zero interest, so you can afford to go big and show her how much she really means to you. Diamond earrings, pendants, bracelets, eternity bands, colored gemstone jewelry, best selection ever, guaranteed best prices, and now, three years, zero interest financing. All this plus 100% stress-free, risk-free shopping in a guy-friendly store. Diamonds Direct, on approved credit open this Sunday.
6: This is Dan Levitard. Catch me and Stugatz every weekday from 10 to 1. Now on your FM dial at 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
1: Welcome back to Spider Talk with Richmond basketball coach Chris Mooney. We're live at Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center and broadcasting live on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN.
2: Francis shuffles it to Sherrod and right back to Blake. Francis dribbles on Riller to the basket. High off the rim, no good. And the rebound from Miller. Ball knocked away and stolen by Francis. To Sherrod at the three-point line. lets it fly! I still other the Spiders... Welcome back Spider Talk from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagles Shopping Center on Richmond's West End, continuing Bob Blackwood, Spider Head Coach Chris Mooney. If you just joined us, weren't with us during my lengthy explanation at the outset, no players tonight. Spiders are actually practicing this evening. They'll practice about 7 o'clock tonight, so we're giving the guys an opportunity to get uh, fed and get taped and stretched and all of that, get ready for practice. They will rejoin us when we get back with you in 2020. Uh, January 6th, Monday night, January 6th, is our next show here at Glory Day. So tonight, a couple of the staff members for the Spiders, Assistant Coach Steve Thomas and Director of Basketball Operations Mark McGonigal join us here at the head table hello fellas how are you how are you doing doing fine Uh, let me pick up on our conversation that just ended my tongue-in-cheek question for the night do we have a get-back coach like football has a get-back coach i mean we were just talking about getting a little animated on the sideline who's in charge of keeping the
7: sideline under control it it all falls on next closest man to to coach really (laughs) i i felt my I, i found myself in that situation just the other night is
2: that right how did you handle that
7: um with a big bear hug, kind of. <laughs> you know, he's he's a tall guy. You got a you know good box out, strong base, and bend your knees and just you know. All right, but your more important responsibility, Coach
2: Thomas, was the scout for Charleston, and you being in your first year as an assistant coach just now, starting to get into these official scouts for the Spiders. Uh, what was the first one? The first one you had was McNeese. Yep. So, what was that like going through that for the first time? as a full-time assistant coach with the Spiders?
7: Uh, Just getting adjusted to how Coach likes it done and, you know, just getting on the same language and making sure you're, you know, following the same pace as, you know, Marcus and Rob have been doing it for such a long time that just, you know, really kind of transitioning into the new role and making sure I'm, you know, hitting all the things on the checklist.
2: How different was it doing the second time as opposed to the first then?
7: A little bit easier, um, you know, obviously – really good player and Riller and preparing for, for a person, you know, unique like him on the court. But just a little bit, you know, it's going to get easier each time and a little bit better flow the second time around.
2: Where is that on your um, job description list of things that are challenging for you or you enjoy doing, that kind of thing?
7: Uh, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying the process of, you know, getting better each time and doing it, you know, just really kind of. Learning where you know my blind spots are and how to just you know improve each 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 game that uh, it's assigned to me. All
2: right. So when your role changed, that meant Mark McGonigal's role changed. Tell us a little bit about that, Mark,
5: about what you were doing and now what you are doing as director of basketball ops. So obviously, Bob had uh, big shoes to fill, uh, replacing Steve. <laughs> um, but a lot of them are similar responsibilities. I mean, usually my day consists of working with the guys' schedules, whether it's on-court workouts, practice lifts. Um, In the summer, it's really uh, Mm -hmm. camp-focused. We we have had a lot of success with our camps, whether it's our two-day camps, mini-spiders, or team camp. So in the summer, it's a lot of uh, camp stuff, whether it's hiring workers, making sure all that is organized. Um, And then also just really working with the different departments within athletics, whether it's marketing, our business office, academics. Um, so there's not a, a normal day in the director of operations You're sometimes trying to put out fires, but it, it, it was a great opportunity to take, uh, take over Steve's role. All right.
2: Uh, Chris, what were you looking for when you elevated Steve from that role of basketball ops to assistant coach?
6: Well, I would say the most important thing that we have, uh, for the, for the whole staff is relationship with the coaches, I mean, relationship with the players. And, uh, I think we're probably, I think we probably have an A plus in terms of, um, the whole staff's relationship with our guys, with the whole program. So the managers, the players, the coaches, just making sure that everybody really has a feel for you know what's going on with each player, uh, how they're doing. Talking to them, having really open lines of communication. Sometimes with young people, you know, they they'll resist the lines of communications when it's when it's a little bit more convenient for them. You might have seen that, Bob. And uh, so it's important to always have great relationships. And I think Steve is probably. Uh, as good as anybody I've ever met in terms of his relationships, both with players and with people and ability to network and know people. And, you know, a really original thinker. Uh, we went to the the first time he was here, we went to the final four. I think he knew about twice as many people as I did. I, I was in my 12th year as head coach. Uh, so I think Steve has a great ability for that in his relationship with the players. And I thought that would translate really well into recruiting. And I'm sure it will.
2: And how about for Mark and moving into that very, very important role of basketball ops and also the dynamic there that you had him as a player as well as now as a staff
6: member. Yeah, well, we've been really fortunate to have some former players, you know, uh, on our staff. Uh, Marcus Jenkins played for us at the Air Force Academy. Uh, Ryan Butler and Kevin Smith were with us. Peter Thomas, Uh, Mark McGonigal uh, is, you know, he's one of our favorites and uh, really was a good player and somebody who was, you know, the walk-on program has been really important to us as a program and Mark was the first first one he and Duncan McLean uh, and Mark's you know just an incredibly hard worker has great relationship with the guys a great feel for Richmond I think that's probably something that's a a, you know a true bonus you know during the finals he has a better understanding than the rest of us of what finals are like here Uh, so you know and his work ethic is is tremendous so he's he's excellent in that role, and I know he'll 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 be even better and better as as he moves up and, and on in this profession.
2: So Mark, how do you remember surviving finals when you were a student-athlete, and what type of advice are you giving to the guys now?
5: Well, based on uh, the GP I graduated with, Bob, I'm not <laughs> sure if they <laughs> want to take advice from me. <laughs> but you did graduate. I did graduate. Alright, so there's uh, a success he was a good story. Student. He's yeah. a sad. He's a good student. Yeah. He was a good um, but kind of, you really, like uh, the mindset you have on the basketball court sometimes is kind of just put your head down and get through it and I think that's a mindset you have to kind of take into this week with finals. Um, It's really difficult. It's long nights, but at the same time, you're at the University of Richmond. You have a great opportunity, so it it can be tough. But our our guys, it's a really special group of guys, and they could be complaining about this exam or how long this day was, but I think they've had a great approach this fall semester with just kind of putting their head down and getting through this week. I've heard that phrase a lot, Steve.
2: This is a very special group of guys. Um, and I think, you know, you like your team year in and year out, but it seems like I'm hearing that more with this group. And as Coach said, you're really good with relationships. What are you seeing from this group that leads so many of us to observe and say this is a very special group of guys?
7: I think just the way that they mesh so well together and the leadership at the top uh, all the trickles all the way down to the bottom. So the new guys, you know, you're Tyler Burton, He's get introduced to college basketball. It's at such a great spot with guys like Grant Golden and Jacob Gilliard. You know uh, Blake's ability. You know not being here from the beginning, like what Jacob and Grant had to do, and being able to mesh and, and just be part of a unit. You know just the unselfish unselfishness on the court. You can really see you, they didn't care. I mean, I think it was like last game. Andre had a wide open three. Pauses for a second, gives it to Blake, and he hits it. It's just like didn't matter that Andre wasn't getting those three points in the box score you know Blake might have mattered a little bit more that he was getting those three points you know he so that's cuz cuz that's what that's his strength that's what he's he's great at as we we've been able to see so i think just the the ability for everybody to kind of mesh together Blake is a little bit of a different player for us isn't he Steve Absolutely he, How- he's one of the best players i've been around and all three of my stops so so it's been it's been fun to watch him The competitiveness, I think, would be at the top of that resume-building list, right? Absolutely. His his ability, not just on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. You know, I think he he really enjoys guarding the best player on the other team. Yeah, so so
2: he was one of the guys that wound up on Riller I guess he started mm-hmm. on Riller what was your thought process as the guy who had that scout as you watched the game unfold pretty good first half mm-hmm. defensively against him and then he kind of triggered it a little bit in the second half
7: absolutely I mean you know the emphasis in the scout was you know all about Riller 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 and Galloway had the first 10 points so I feel like everybody <laughs> <laughs> was looking at me like you know well played here buddy uh, I think you might have missed something here but uh you know that that's the thing with a great player it's you know the first 20 minutes he had four points and then you know obviously the next 20 minutes you're you're preparing for that to happen and you know you know how great players are and you know they're they're playing the length of the game not just in in that moment so Chris when we go to a timeout, what are you looking for from your assistant
2: coaches we've had this conversation before before you get in there with the players and let's uh, embarrass Steve a little bit more specifically of what kind of advice you're listening to from him particularly when he has the scout
6: well, I would say when we're when we're in the game, uh, you know, the scout, the scout, uh, scouts obviously incredibly important. But in the game, you know, I feel like I can I can see what's going on a little bit. And uh, Rob mostly is handling the matchups. Uh, you know, he's probably conferring with Steve and talking about the matchups, uh, and really just more of um, more of like a maybe an idea, but more of a big picture. Like if I'm focused on something that just happened. Maybe more of a picture. Hey, we've you know we've made our last three threes, or we scored the last two out of bounds plays. You know something a little bit broader, so that we can go in there with a, a little bit better idea. You know I think, uh, you know this year, as I said, Grant is usually goes to my seat first, which is great. Talks to the guys. Uh, Jacobs even done that, uh, and so that that's the best part. What you want is, you don't want to overload them with information. You know, uh, that, you know if you can just. If they can help me convey a calm message about the next play or the next four minutes or whatever it might be, that's really extremely valuable. Steve, how about a
2: practice? What type of things are you trying to do now and be a part of the assistant coaching staff as opposed to being in the role you were in previously here at Richmond?
7: Uh, just to just, uh, have more of a voice in practice, uh, you know, kind of more focused on the guys you know when they're not in the play or if there's something i see and i can pull them off to the side and just you know give them an observation or a little you know a point of emphasis you know for when they get back in there you know things like that
2: and mark is there a different perspective um being the former spider on the staff i know obviously mark has played for coach but not at richmond at air force is there a different perspective for you because you
5: are former player and a former player for coach mooney i I like to use my experience to kind of have a feel of what the guys are going through on a daily basis. Um, like whether it's, hey, this guy's had a, a long day because he had an early lift, he had a big test. So when we meet as a staff, kind of giving coach an idea or a feel of how each guy's day has been going because it was a long time ago, but, but I was in those guys' shoes at one point. And so just kind of having a, a really good idea, whether it's Grant's day, Jacob's day, all the way down to uh, our walk-ons, just overall how how their day is going. So what's the next three weeks or so going to be like for these guys with none of those classes? A lot do? of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like we, when I talk with the former guys, we always talk about how great winter break was because there are no classes. So really it is. it is just a lot of basketball, and it's a great three weeks to get to know your teammates because you can play basketball and then – They'll go out to dinner or we'll take the guys out for breakfast. So the next three weeks, very important to be on the court, but sometimes may, maybe even more important for the guys to be hanging out to get to know each other.
2: All right, we know your career path to Richmond because we watched you grow up before our very eyes right here at the University of Richmond. Steve, refresh our fans and audience memory about how you got to the University of Richmond, your background.
7: Uh, I, My previous stop was at Virginia Tech. I was with Buzz his first year uh, in, the, in his job. And I, I didn't know Coach Mooney at all, so it kind of happened just by relationships and people knowing and word of mouth, and we were able to, you know, put it together. And before that, I had spent two years at University of Oregon uh, under uh, Coach Altman. So, And you played your college basketball at? Uh, Rowan University in, 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 in South Jersey. Yes, I knew that. I was bringing that up for a reason. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the game on Saturday,
2: the guy doing the basketball analyst on television was the former coach at LaSalle, John Giannini, who was at Rowan, right? Won a what, national
7: championship in 1996.
2: What was uh, that kind of reuniting there? Now, you didn't play for him. No, right? I did not. Him, he was already gone from there. Yep. But I assume Rowan came up a lot. I saw the two of you guys talking to shoot around.
7: Yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it's always good. You know, I wasn't there. You know, he was just kind of like this uh, elusive figure that was you know way off and you know dr g and coach g and so whenever we have time to catch up it was good to just talk about you know you know just kind of similarities in our path and you know division three guys and you know here we are you know coaching against them when he was at LaSalle and now he's calling the game you know in the Robin Center it's just a, a cool thing that was kind of an interesting perspective Chris that one of your former coaching adversaries was on the other side of the court huh
6: yeah and he's as I mean he's a great He was a great coach he's a great coach and is really a great guy I mean uh really really a great guy
2: All right, let's take a timeout, guys. Stick with us for another segment. We'll come back with uh, Mark McGonigal, Steve Thomas, Coach Moody. Got some questions coming up as well. we got about 15 or 20 minutes remaining in the show. And, again, we're off the next two weeks and then back in January uh, to pick it up from that point on. Spider Talk, 99.5, 1027 FM, 950 AM ESPN, and the Spider Sports Network.
5: Three used car questions. How long will I be stuck in this dealership? Do they even have the color I want? Why is this taking so long? What day is it even? Okay, so that was four questions. Questions you never have to ask at CarMax, because in select markets, CarMax will deliver the car you want, right to your door, right on your schedule. So you won't have to blow your weekend at a dealership, and you'll be on to your last question before you know it. Are we done here? Cool. Cool. Because that's the way car shopping, buying, and delivering should be. CarMax. CarMax
0: just days before Christmas, but don't worry guys, Diamonds Direct's got your back with all the gifts women love. A no-stress, risk-free experience, unbeatable prices, and now, three years, zero interest financing on anything for the holidays. In hit that means you can go big this year on a fabulous pair of earrings or a dazzling diamond pendant. Just pick any item, spread your payments out over three years with zero interest. Make it our best Christmas ever at Diamonds Direct. Details and store hours at DiamondsDirect.com.
3: That head liner gift at your house is waiting at diamonds direct a fabulous designer ring or a beautiful pair of diamond earrings we have the gifts women want and right now you can enjoy three years zero interest financing how about a three thousand dollar eternity ban for just eighty five dollars a month relax guys diamonds direct's got your back with zero stress shopping zero risk and zero interest financing and gifts guaranteed to make her 100 happy diamonds direct open sunday on approved credit whether
4: you shout for the Spiders or root for the Rams. We're talking local college basketball all season long on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
1: Welcome back to Spider Talk with Richmond basketball coach Chris Mooney. We're live at Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center and broadcasting live on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN.
2: Francis shuffles at the charade and right back to Blake. Francis dribbles on Riller to the basket. High off the rim, no good. And the rebound for Miller. Ball knocked away and stolen by Francis. To Sherrod at the three-point line.
3: Let's it fly. Nice steal on the Spiders.
2: Welcome back. Spider Talk Ninety-nine-five, one-zero-two-seven 1027, FM, 950 AM, espn steve thomas mark mcgonigal our special guest tonight coach mooney working the crowd right now out in the audience so i can ask this question it just came to me because it involves the assistant coaches and officials again seems to be our theme of the show tonight but what do assistant coaches talk about with officials during timeouts i see this often from both teams on the courts so and not just picking on you guys but what type of things are you working the officials with during a timeout, steve
7: i think it's just an explanation if there's some confusion on maybe a pass call confusion um you know, however you wanted to, you know. However, Coach Mooney deciphers the word confusion. You know, whether it's in an aggressive form <laughs> or relaxed form, we're just there to kind of relay the information back or what the call is or where the ball is going to be out of bounds on the next possession. Is it underneath? Is it on the side? Or, you know, just something that we may have been missed in all the action of the, of the game.
2: I think that's actually one of the more important things that happens quickly As you guys always are asking where is
6: the ball going to be inbound because that affects probably what you're designing in the huddle, mm-hmm. doesn't it, Chris? Absolutely. That, that is, is one thing. And sometimes, uh, you know, because it's more crowded now and there's entertainment on the court, it's not as easy to see as it is, say, at a high school game or something like that. You, you know, which, which official has the ball and he stands where the ball is going to be inbounded. But it's, it's just a little more confusing now.
2: Hey, uh, Steve, speaking of high school games, what's the recruiting aspect of this been like for you? That's obviously a new job description here
7: as well. And uh, how are you enjoying getting out on the road now from time to time? No, uh, it's it's been great so far. Um, you know, with the season, getting the schedules to kind of sync up with our games and you know games out there in the high school, you know, field is a little it's a little hard. You're trying to you know slide out on a day, but it's it's great in Richmond because there's so much local talent that we can go see, and you know I can get up and back from D.C. in a day if I need to. So, um, you know, just it'll be a good opportunity over winter break. Uh, I got some plans to, to 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 get out on the road and in between games and. It'll, it'll be good.
2: Were you able to do a little of that last week when there were no games, or not yet?
7: Uh, not yet, uh, just because it was my scout. I, no, you know. Yeah. So I, I had a quick chance to actually, I went down to Florida for, it seemed like 10 hours, and I was back, so it was quick. And then, uh, since it was my scout, I, I didn't want to spend too much time on the road.
2: But that is the life of the coaches, Chris, right? I know you got on the road a little bit as well last week, in addition to the coaches.
6: I did. I was up in, in New Jersey, and, and Steve's right, you're trying to do it as quickly as you possibly can, and You know, even when we have an off day, you know, it just you want to be around when the guys are here. You know, and uh, even whether it's the spring or in summer, um, you just you need to be around when the guys are here in case whether something comes up or the guys are in the gym or they stop by. It's just really important for them to see us and and for us to always be interacting with them. All
2: right, let me wrap it up with you guys. We'll let you go, and we know we're getting ready for practice tonight, and then off to Old Dominion uh for wednesday night's game what have you seen from this team i mean it sounds like a pretty easy question nine and one seven and oh at home uh that net ranking that came out looks really good at 22 from your perspective what have you seen with this year's team and 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 what your perspective of nine and one is to this point for richmond
7: uh i mean i think we learned a lot about the team just from the in the first game of the season um you know we've we've had a guest speaker come talk to the team who's an ex-army ranger and he visited us back when we were in new york and he kind of emphasized the importance of that one game is probably responsible for winning about five games throughout this year just because it was able to show what this team is able to go through adversity, grit, toughness, and able to pull out a win. So next time they find themselves in a high-pressure situation or if they're, you know, we're down a little, we're up a little, that we've been through worse and we've, you know, come out on the other end on a positive light. So I think – that's just kind of one of the kind of the that kind of set the tone for for this team, you know, along with the the talent level and the experience and leadership. But I think just you know that really kind of emphasizes what this team's about.
5: Mark, what do you say? Yeah, I would agree with Steve. I, I think the biggest thing I'm seeing out there is toughness overall, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people think toughness is taking a charge, which it is, but. There's cases of toughness when Blake's able to get the ball in at the end of the game or when a guy drives baseline, he's running into Jacob's chest. So, uh, overall, I I think the biggest jump that we've taken um, is definitely the toughness that our guys are showing on a nightly basis out there on the court.
2: All right. Great job, fellas. Appreciate you coming by. We will see you in Norfolk on Wednesday night. Thank you, Steve Thomas. Thank you. Mark McGonigal. And we'll take a break. Come back. Do have some final questions for Coach Mooney. We'll do that. Get a quick scouting report on Old Dominion for Wednesday night as well. Final break and then back to glory days on ESPN Richmond and the Spider Sports Network from
4: Learfield IMG College. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Visit Glory Days Grill on the West End at Glen Eagles Shopping Center or on the South Side at Harborside Loop. Monday features a 5 dollars burger night. Enjoy two tacos on Tuesday for 5 dollars Come in for Rib Wednesday at ten ninety nine. Nacho Thursday is a half order of nachos for $5.99. And don't forget Fish Fry Friday at $9.99. Glen Eagles is also featuring the Men's Basketball Spider Sports Line with head coach Chris Mooney and player guests. Mondays at 5.30 during the season. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. For all things spiders, whether you're online, on your phone, or just on the go, it's RichmondSpiders.com. Scores, stats, standings, it's RichmondSpiders.com. Video highlights, audio play by play, and online ticketing for football and men's basketball, it's RichmondSpiders.com. Plus, exclusive content you won't get anywhere else, like the Spider Insight Podcast, Spider Voices, and Game Day Info for Robin Stadium and the Robin Center. It's your home for your favorite team. It's RichmondSpiders.com. This is Mike Golick. Hey, it's Trey Wingo. Join me and Mike every weekday morning starting at 6 for Golick and Wingo on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
1: This is Spider Talk with head basketball coach Chris Mooney. Live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
2: All right, welcome back. Spider Talk, 99.5, 1027 FM, 950 AM ESPN. We're on the air Wednesday night, 6.30 is our pregame show. Greg Beckwith at Albie Courtside down there at Norfolk against Old Dominion. And then Sunday afternoon, 3.30 game time up there in D.C. against Radford. Our airtime coming up at 3 o'clock. Uh, spend this last segment with uh, Coach Moody asking some questions, not only from the audience but also off of our text line. If you've got them, feel free to send them our way as well um seems like our theme tonight has a lot to do with timeouts and officials so i'm going to stay on that theme for just a little bit here chris uh, ivan who always likes to chime in even though we're not taking phone calls uh he's in the text and twitter world as well so he texted in tonight and wanted to know chris actually what's the difference between a tv timeout that we talk about and a non-tv timeout um, when a team takes a timeout <laughs> well about two minutes. Yes, as we found out. Yes, on, we did. On Saturday. Yes, that so, was NBC Sports Network doing that. By the not way, Spider not Spider
6: TV. Not Spider TV. So, I, I uh, this is one thing that's uh, interesting. We never know how long the timeouts are going to be. I mean, that, that's that's the truth. We never know. We never know if it's like we don't have anybody with a stopwatch or right, and we don't know from game to game how long the timeouts will be. You have a general feel, and so what's interesting is we were up you know seven late with about 30 seconds left and and didn't couldn't inbound the ball called timeout and we had a full timeout so we had entered the timeout expecting it to be as long as all the other timeouts had been that game mm-hmm. which seemed like 3 minutes
2: i think it was close actually yeah. i know you're you're kidding a little bit yeah, but no, you're not really kidding
6: and uh and then that one was done in 1 minute which is the length of a timeout by the rule but but there were no but this was the first one that was you know, called or it felt like that. Sometimes you call a timeout, it becomes the media. This was a timeout, a standalone timeout that was one minute, and so we didn't get nearly as much accomplished in the timeout. Cause, and I even went to the table and I said, why, would that, why was that one so short? And they said, because that was a called timeout. So, and I had no, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, you, you don't know. That's one thing that's a little bit unusual. You don't usually know. And sometimes there's even confusion on the officials' part of when the media is going to be or what counts as the media if it's within 30 seconds of the under 16 or whatever it is. So uh, it can be a little bit confusing. Yep,
2: and then the other thing that happened Saturday, and I've actually seen it twice now in two days, was the timeout 15 seconds into the second half, which I know you really didn't want in that situation on the scramble for the jump ball, right?
6: Yeah, there was a Nick that was posting up. The ball got knocked away, and when he dove for it, I think actually Jacob called timeout, mm-hmm. uh, and so our you know, official here agrees with you, yeah. John <laughs> So, so yeah, and of course you know, and you don't, you don't, you know, you just had the whole halftime, and then 15 minutes in, you're another three minute timeout with not much to say. So, but that's the way, that's the way it goes.
2: All right, so let me do the one more on the officiating. Then we're going to get off of that topic because you've actually done a great job with this. Knock not, not going believe me. I've seen coaches that have been way worse lately uh, this season. But what do you say to a referee? When you knew that he blew it on the call,
6: yeah, has that ever? I haven't ever, <laughs> haven't had that experience yet. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, you know, and and John Moreau could speak about this better, but uh, there are there are times when an official will come and say, "I missed that one." Yep. And I'll be honest; that's the most disarming thing they can say, and there's no more arguing, and just uh, I've always just said I appreciate it and move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know. That you know, that, that's that's all that you can you, that you can say. So uh, when that happens, uh, the play's over and you and you move on. All right. And as we said, we've had pretty much experienced
2: officiating crews, and that probably plays into it a little bit as well as how you're handling yourself with guys you have had do our games right. for several years <laughs> for sure at this point and they know you and you know that yeah. as well all right let's get off of the officiating topic here towards the end of games when we've had big leads with bench players in the game how do you run plays to get them chances to score and get experience and
6: gain confidence well we try to we just try to play the same exact way that the, everybody else has played and uh you know the, the, obviously if you're up big and you have that last possession you just don't shoot the ball right. uh for sportsmanship purposes but really, we try to just play the same exact way as, as everybody else would play. And, that, you know, we actually really try to hold the guys to that standard. We don't we, – we're pretty clear that we don't want them – you know, we don't want uh, – I hope Jordan Gately scores in that situation or Sullivan Kooley scores in that situation, but they're out there to play because they work too hard just to have it to go B.C. if they can score. We want them to play and cut and move and defend and shoot. You know, we'd just be a basketball player, which is what they work so hard to do. And so – I think they they generally have done a really good job of that.
2: And for the most part, until the last minute or so when it's really a blowout, you've kind of kept some of the regulars on the court with them, so it's not yeah. five guys who are never on the floor.
6: Right. Exactly. Or five guys who are just so cold, you right. know. And right. and so I, because I, I don't, you know, I think over the years I've if we've had big leads, I've subbed a little too early, and <laughs> uh, and getting guys, you know, uh, to come out and new guys come in. So it is it, to to have them have the best chance to play well. They need a couple of guys who have been in the game during the course of the game, you know, just to direct traffic, let them get loose, let them take, a, you know, the physicality and things like that. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, this is a great sports talk show topic. Uh, Last question from the audience, and then a quick scout on Old Dominion, and then we're down to our last few minutes here. With guys like Quan Ford leaving Richmond because he had a red shirt to go play graduate year at Louisville, or a Terry Blackshear from Virginia Tech who had the year leaving there to go to Florida, are college coaches rethinking red shirting and how you do red shirt or don't red shirt guys when obviously an injury situation isn't involved?
6: Yeah. The short answer is yes. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a really complicated issue that uh, for the most part, um, you know, the, co- the, the coach is supposed to be on the side that the players can do anything. And, the, and there's something to that. Uh, but there's also an incredible investment made in in uh, in these individual players from when they're usually from when they're a sophomore, junior in high school. Uh, and I think the one thing I think that's lost in all of these conversation, whether it's the name, image and likeness or players making money or the you know, the tra- transfer being so freely done is the value of the education, I think, is not is not uh, accounted for quite enough. And um, so I think those decisions, you, you know, what, what the grad transfer has done is a lot of the times the grad transfers transfer up, you know, they go from one level to to a higher level and that has filled the uh, the some players heads that they could they could transfer up and that not necessarily that would be better or worse but um i think when they would have if they had it to do over again they they might not do it and i think that you know there's something about kind of sticking with it um that can be said now uh it's a different time and i think there were almost a thousand players transfer last year so it's uh it's just such a different time, and, and I, I would hope it would kind of start to go back the other way. But, you know, you, if you take a player who's uh, going to transfer, he was recruited by his school generally for about a year, has spent a year, two years, three years, four years at that school, and then his transfer window when he's, a, when he's going to transfer is about two to three weeks. <laughs> so how could, he, you know, how could he possibly know the place as well as he, as he knows his own? And those are just some of the things that come up. I mean um, – it, it it can be i think some guys are disillusioned and um meaning coaches well of course coaches but yeah. no but uh players too i yeah. think you know and huh. uh so i i just think you know i don't want to say it's a problem because it's the way it is but i i wish it i wish it wasn't i just wish it wasn't so much a part of it right now mm-hmm. um because you know a. uh schools that are in our league are, are probably the most adversely affected by it. All
2: right. Uh, like I said, great talk show topic. Yeah, it's something we sure. can continue to talk about. And as you talk with fellow coaches, I'll probably be able to add even more perspective uh, to that. I mentioned at the outset of the show, let's wrap this up. We'll get an old Dominion scout in just a moment here. But the first net rankings came out today, Richmond's number 22. There are three Atlantic 10 teams in the top 25 of the net rankings. You're receiving some votes. Does any of that mean anything to you right now, just from the standpoint of we are validating what we are doing or not?
6: Yeah, not, not really. Um, uh, It's so early, you know, uh, you know, I think, you know, having wins and, 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 you know, we've played some really, really like really great games. I mean, we've put together some really great games and to me, that's, you know, that's what's really important and, not only that we've won those games, but it shows, you know, you know, if, if we if we have everybody healthy and we're on all cylinders, what we could be, and as everybody improves and whatnot. But I don't, I don't think so. I think, you know, the most important thing for us is to practice well tonight, and uh, you know that really is is what's on our mind. And uh, hopefully we can hopefully we can do that and prepare ourselves as best we can for Old Dominion and and play well, but. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a really it's a terrific start, and um, we hope we can just continue to play well and um, you know show that toughness that that Mark talked about because I think that's really been improved.
2: Key to success against Old Dominion Wednesday night.
6: Well, you know they've always been a really good defensive team and rebounding team, and uh, you know this year isn't isn't any different. They haven't scored quite as well as as they have. They just had a player become eligible in the Illinois game. Uh, named oliver who hadn't played until that game so he'll give them he'll give them some offensive spark uh you know xavier green's a really good player that we need to guard and we have to we have to defend and rebound uh they'll really go after offensive rebounds and be uh present a huge challenge to us for that so I hope we can – you know, they've always been good defensively. Obviously both teams are so familiar with one another, uh, but we'll have to make sure that we hold our own on the glass.
2: See you, Norfolk, Wednesday night, Coach, and we'll see you back here in 2020 with the next uh, Spider Talk. So happy holidays and happy New Year.
6: Thanks. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. All
2: right, appreciate everybody being here. Enjoy the holidays. We'll see you back here at Glory Days on Monday, January 6th at 5.30. See you in Norfolk or talk to you from Norfolk Wednesday night at 6.30 when the Spiders visit Old Dominion. Mitchell Bradley and Matt Josephs, thanks for running the show for us. Bob Black saying so long from Glory Days for Spider Talk. Talk to you Wednesday night at 6.30 with Spider Basketball at Old Dominion. So long, everyone.
1: You've been listening to the Spider Talk with Coach Chris Mooney live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center, 10466 Ridgefield Parkway. Tonight's show has been brought to you by
0: CarMax,
1: Virginia Birth Father Registry,
0: Glory Days Grill,
1: and Lux Chevrolet. Join us Monday nights from 5.30 to 6.30 throughout the college basketball season for Spider Talk, a live presentation of the Spider IMG Sports Network and your home of the Spiders, ESPN Richmond.